Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Good morning. I am so excited to be here today. I'm excited about the Word of God. I'm just excited about all the incredible things that God is doing. And this weekend has been amazing. Our pastor celebrated a birthday this weekend. Can we give it up for our pastor? Happy birthday. And I mentioned this in the first service as well, but we have, I think, a birthday in the house today with Byron. We appreciate you, Byron. Happy birthday. Give it up for Byron. I'm not sure who else, but happy birthday if that's you. And, um, you know, I just, I just know that God has something special planned for us today. He's so good, and he's doing incredible things. And even before we start right now, as we position ourselves to receive from the Lord, why don't we just go ahead and just give it up for God? Let's just give him some praise this morning. Let's give him our highest praise. I love that. I just love giving God praise. He's worthy of it all, and he is doing incredible things. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share with you today. Uh, you know, Pastor Steve has been sharing some powerful messages on how to change the world. Uh, my goodness, God has just been changing lives and encouraging us to go out and be world changers, and also considering our own world and making changes within ourselves and growing deeper in God in that way. It's just been so good. And so today, I I want to continue in that thought as we talk about who God uses. Who does God use? I want you to look at your neighbor, your friend, whoever you can find today, and I want you to go ahead and tell them God wants to use you. He sure does. God wants to use you. Who does God use? Well, God uses broken things, but more importantly, God uses broken people. And I know that each of us have felt broken. And most of the time when we feel broken, we really don't like the way that feels. Because when we think about broken things, we consider them to be no good. Or we consider them to be useless. And actually, when we look at something and we say, this is broken, we're just simply ready to toss it aside. It should be thrown in the trash, tossed aside. And, you know, I have to confess this morning, I am really bad about throwing things away. Um, in first service, I made that statement, and my husband just yelled out an amen, y'all, because one thing you cannot classify me as is a hoarder. I am not a hoarder. So a lot of times it goes like this. We're at the house. My husband comes in. He puts something on the kitchen counter, and he sits it there. And, like, it might stay there for a day or two, but, like, if it has not moved, made a noise, or wiggled, like, I'm just like, we're not using it. It's gonna, We're going to toss it, and I throw it in the trash. But then he comes in the room, and he's like, hey, babe, um, where is that whatever that he put on the kitchen counter? And I'm like... Oh my goodness, you some of that little screw or that little piece of paper that you sat there. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, well, it's probably um, out in the dumpster because I threw it in the trash uh, a couple of days ago because it had sat there for a few days. And actually, just last week, I believe it was, it was last week or week before my youngest daughter, Hannah, she comes into my office here at the church. She lays a piece of paper on my desk. And it lays there for a day or two, and I saw it there. I'm tidying up my desk, and I'm like, this is no good. She's done with it. She left it here, threw it in the trash. Hannah comes in, and she's like, Mom, where's that paper that was sitting right here? 
And I'm like, paper that was right there and she's like yeah yeah that paper I'm like well it's probably out there in the dumpster because I thought you were done with it and I threw it away you know I am just really quick and the the part that's not so funny about that is she literally had to pay like $30 to get a duplicate copy love you Hannah um, of that piece of paper that I had thrown in the trash I mean I have so many oops moments where I just am very quick to throw something away as I said, I look at it, it hadn't moved, it hadn't wiggled, we don't need it, toss it in the trash. And I wanna tell you today that the world we live in loves to throw things away. I remember one time I went to the landfill with my dad and we went there, I was a little girl and I remember going to the landfill in his truck and we got there and as a little girl I looked out and I could just see the big mountains there at the landfill and all of it out there was someone's trash. Now I remember as a little girl, I didn't just see big bags of like trash bags, man I saw like furniture and I saw like this big pile of stuffed animals. Y'all ever been to the landfill? You know what I'm talking about? And so there were these big stuffed animals and I'm like, dad, look over there. Like those are really cool. Can I have some of them? He's like, no girl, they're like people's trash. They're like dirty, they've been thrown away. But to me, it was good stuff and I wanted some of that stuff. And you know what, maybe not things from the landfill today, but I bet you can finish this statement with me and it says, one person's trash is another person's treasure. Yep, you've all heard that before. And I don't know, but I wanna draw your attention today to the fact that we live in a world that yes, we throw a lot of things away, but the world we live in today really likes to throw away people. The world says that your brokenness disqualifies you. And the world we live in says that if you don't go along with the world's ways, or if you don't fit into the world's molds, then you are broken. And there are so many things that we can walk through in this life that will leave us feeling empty, it'll leave us feeling broken, and all too often those broken places that come into our lives can really, if we allow them to, make us feel like trash. But today's words that I'm gonna share with you, I want them to encourage you today. I want them to encourage you to keep believing, keep pressing, keep hoping, because I wanna tell you today that our God has a plan for your life, not just the good parts, not just the mountaintop, but He has a plan for your brokenness. He has a plan for every part of your story. Psalms 34, 18 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Aren't you thankful for that today, church? You know, we're all going to be broken. It's you and me and everybody seated in this place today. You're going to be broken. You're going to have broken places in your lives. The Lord says in Romans 3, 23 and 24, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We live in a broken world and therefore we are going to be broken people. In the book of Genesis, we start to read in the word of God 
and we see that there was a perfect world. Don't you love reading about the perfect world and how wonderful that was? But then we continue to read and we find out that sin entered into the world and through that sin came brokenness. And I don't know about you, but some days I'm just not quite over that when I have to pull weeds and I have to toil and I feel aches and pains in my body. Come on somebody, I'm just still a little mad over the fact that we don't get to live in a perfect world. But sin entered, and so we live in a broken world. But today, the question that we're going to look at, the question that I want to ask is, what are you going to do with your brokenness? What are you going to do with your brokenness? Because we all have brokenness. What are you going to do with the areas in your life that have come, that will come, And when these places come, they're going to try to beat you up. Like some days it feels like you're being punched from this direction and from that direction. Anybody had days like that where it feels like the brokenness of life is just beating you up? And it will cause you to feel insecure. And it will try to label you. And basically, you will begin to feel like you are nothing. You'll begin to feel like you are no good and possibly even feel like trash. Because many times these broken places, what they do to us is they make us feel dirty. They can make you feel less than, inadequate, flawed. And because of this, we stand in a place of defeat and discouragement. And oftentimes we say, am I fit to do anything for the king? All the things that I've walked through, all the brokenness that has come into my life, if you aren't careful, you can find yourself in that place of discouragement where you stand and say, am I fit to do anything for the king? But I want to share with you today a couple of reminders. Are you ready? Are you with me? One, you are not pitiful. You are powerful. Now that is something to celebrate today. You are not pitiful. You are powerful. I'm sure one of the great preachers have said that before, but when I read through the pages of the Bible, God's word, God's promises, God's spirit breathed voice, What I see in the pages of God's Word is I see a God that loved broken people. He loved broken people. He still does today. And oftentimes in the Bible, God showed us the power of brokenness through illustrations of broken things. Let me share some of those with you. In the parables, there was broken soil that produced a harvest. And then we see the beautiful account in the Word of God of Mary Magdalene, a woman who lived a sinful life. She had broken places in her life. She walked out. She had much sin in her life at many points, but she came into a space where she came into the banquet. Maybe you've read this story. And as she came in there to Jesus, she began to weep. Right there, a sign of brokenness as she is pouring herself out to the king. She began to weep and her tears falling onto Jesus' feet. She then wiped them with her hair and she poured perfume on him. After breaking it open, she poured it out. The alabaster box of perfume was broken so that the aroma, the oil could be poured on Jesus so that she could express her 
praise. You see, today, the places of brokenness in your life do not make you pitiful. They make you powerful. And if you allow God to work through you, it's through the working of the Holy Spirit that you will pour out your praise and you will pour out to him in the midst of your brokenness to bring glory to God. We see in Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 9, we see a beautiful picture of a God who loves broken things, who loves broken people, and we see him here in this moment where he has something broken in the palm of his hand. And you know what? He does not discard it. It says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you a message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw the potter working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. If we read in verse 4 in other translations, it says, He was using his hands to make a pot from clay, but something went wrong with it. So he used that clay to make another pot the way he wanted it to be. And as I watched the clay vessel in his hands, it became flawed and unusable. So the potter started again with the same clay. He crushed and squeezed and shaped it into another vessel that was to his liking. Aren't you thankful today that in that account of the Word of God, we see a God who does not throw the clay away. You are the clay and he is the potter. And no matter how broken you feel today, no matter how many broken places you have or how bad you literally feel today like a piece of trash and you are standing in this place today and you are saying, could I possibly do anything for the king? Well, I'm here to tell you today, yes, you can. God loves you and he has a plan for every part of your story. Our God cares about broken things. Our God uses broken things, and he set an example of this even in his son Jesus. Because as a matter of fact, when we look at the ultimate example of Jesus, God's son that came to earth to die for you and I, that we could be saved, that we could have victory. We see right here in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26, where Jesus himself was broken for you and I. It says, the master Jesus on the night of his betrayal took bread. Having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. This is my life laid down for you. This is my body that has been broken for you. And as we each know the story of the crucifixion, we know the brokenness, we know the pain that Jesus endured to show you that he loved you, and he provided a way in the midst of our brokenness, in a broken world, that no matter what comes against us, church, we are overcomers. We are victorious in the name of Jesus. So today, I say speak. I declare over you, if you feel less than, if you feel inadequate today, if you are just sitting in the middle of your brokenness, feeling pitiful today, I declare that you shall rise up today in the spirit of the Lord, and you will understand that you are powerful through Christ Jesus. You're an overcomer. You are a victorious woman or man of God in this place today. Do you receive that today? Many sitting in this room know the places in your life 
that reflect some form of brokenness. We all have them. Perhaps it's a divorce that you have walked through at some point. Perhaps the lies against your character. Maybe it's a job loss or many in this room have had to endure some abuse. Maybe it's the mistake you made that you just can't forget or forgive yourself of, possibly the sickness that you've had to endure. Or perhaps it's just the storyline of your life where you have prayed and you have asked God for certain things, but you're just not where you thought you would be. And maybe you're crying out today and you're saying, God, am I too broken? What is wrong with my storyline? Do you even hear what I'm praying? Perhaps you've been asking God for things and you're waiting. But child, I want to tell you today, you are a child of God. And these are not places that are there to make you pitiful. Instead, they are in place to give you power through the mighty King of kings and Lord of lords. You are not pitiful, you are powerful. I think it was the great Joyce Myers who once said that you cannot be pitiful and powerful at the same time. We've got to choose. Are we going to be pitiful and are we going to believe the lies of the brokenness or are we going to be powerful and rise up and be all that God is calling us to be? We cannot be pitiful and powerful at the same time. We all have brokenness and we have a choice to make. Are we going to sit around and speak of how pitiful we are or are we going to stand up and declare who God says we are? Because you see, when we decide that we are no longer going to be pitiful, but we are going to be powerful, then we are going to begin to declare truth over our lives. We are going to begin to declare truth over every situation that we face. You're going to begin to understand the authority, the authority, church, the authority that you have been given through Christ Jesus, and you will begin to walk in the power that is rightfully yours. You see, you're going to begin to war for what is rightfully yours because nothing that has happened to you yesterday, today, or tomorrow defines who you are. Nothing that comes against you, nothing that the enemy sets out to defeat you with, I want you to hear this today, church, it cannot cross the bloodline. Do you hear me? It cannot cross the bloodline. Nothing that is aimed at you can take you out. You see, you don't have to fear from yesterday. You don't have to fear today or tomorrow because my God said in his word that nothing formed against us shall prosper. It will not take you out. Understanding today that the world might try to tell you that you are nothing. The world might try to declare to you that you are nothing but trash. But I'm here to tell you that our God says that you are his and that you are victorious. And I'm going to say it again because somebody needs to hear it today. You are an overcomer and you will see the victory. God uses everything in our lives for good and for his glory. It says in Romans 8, 28, we are told that our God uses everything for good and glory. We're told that. In Romans 8, 28, that he works all things for our good, for a good future that he has planned for each of us, even in the middle of your hard days, even in the middle of your brokenness. Number two today, 
Brokenness is actually a blessing because it puts us on the road to a breakthrough. Does anybody want a breakthrough today? Does anybody give thanks today for your breakthrough that you've experienced in the Lord today? Well, brokenness is actually a blessing because it puts us on the road to a breakthrough. Because if you never experienced any brokenness, you would never experience a breakthrough God. If you never experienced brokenness, you would never know the strength of your God and what he's capable of doing. And it's through your brokenness that you experience a breakthrough. The first part of this week, Steve and I had an awesome opportunity. We went and we traveled to Texas and we went to Gateway Church and we were there for a conference. There were thousands of people there. We also had some special opportunities. It was just an amazing time. And while we were there, I had this one particular moment of awe. Now you might be thinking, oh, that's great. Like she just had a wonderful time in God's presence. Well, yes, I did. Had a great time in God's presence. I learned a lot, enjoyed just being with the Lord and growing. But it wasn't quite that type of moment of awe. I was standing there and actually what I had was as I looked across this church, this mega church, thousands of people in the balcony and all over the floor, I had a fashion awe. I had a moment of fashion all, okay? Stick with me. Because if you don't know, I love fashion, I love clothes, I don't know, let's just get it straight. Maybe you collect things, I collect clothes, okay, great, let's get over it, let's just get over it. I love clothes. So I, it just hit me as we were standing in this place, and I just wanna say it again, because I want you to get this picture, that we were in this place with thousands of people all across this auditorium. And there were many there who were younger than me. There were there, uh, many there my age and quite a few that were even much wiser and older than me. And I began to look across this crowd and literally in my mind, I was like, who in the world sent out this memo that everybody in this room is wearing beige, brown, black, or definitely something neutral, okay? So there I stood in my bright kimono, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, like thousands of people in this room, and like they got this memo of what colors we were supposed to wear. Now, being the girl that I am that loves clothes and fashion, I went straight to the younger generation. And I have come to learn that they say, they say that, you know, to be in style, now I'm not here to give fashion advice today, I'm just saying what they say, that to be in style, you need to wear neutral colors, some solid colors, but you know, let's don't go with a lot of bright patterns. And I'm telling you that thousands of people, like it was like a canvas of neutral colors and there was a lady there from Uganda, from Uganda who got the memo. And I began to think, okay, 
All right, so all these people got the memo, but do all of these people really like just neutral colors? Or are they wearing them because that sa they said, because they said that's what was supposed to be in style? Now, I'm not here to give fashion advice, but what I'm saying is I want you to consider the power of this, that somebody somewhere put out a word that said these are the colors that you're supposed to wear, and like everybody all over the world knew it. Doesn't matter what it looks like on your body type. I mean, let's not question that at all. It's just what they said was supposed to be worn. It's the memo. And as I looked across this massive group of people, and this was like just the crazy talk that goes on in my mind, right? Y'all with me? I felt in my spirit, I wonder how many of these people have considered that the whole world is also sending out messages to try to disqualify many today in the body of Christ because of brokenness. You see, because in the world we live in, there are literal voices from the pit of hell that are sending out memos to us, telling us that we are too broken, we are too inadequate, we are disqualified, and that the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, could never care about our life, could never use our brokenness for His glory. Glory. But I'm here to tell you today, I don't know where the memos of fashion are coming from, but I know one thing. The Word says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the voices that are being sent out, like as I looked over that crowd and it was just like, it hit me, all these people just know this. There are voices in the same way that are coming up from the pit of hell that are trying to hold you back. They are trying to destroy you. They are trying to convince you that you are no good. But I want to tell you that brokenness is actually a blessing because it's going to put you on the road to your breakthrough. And today I speak healing. Today I speak deliverance. Today I speak breakthrough in the name of Jesus. A breakthrough means that you've busted through every barrier. A breakthrough means that the hindrances that kept you from achieving the desires of your heart will not be able to come against you. See, you've completely destroyed the devil's attempts to steal, kill, and destroy. But I want you to understand today, that might be what the voices from the pit of hell say, but my word says that the world did not save me and the world cannot rob me of who God says that I am and what God wants to do through me, through you, and through a body of believers. Do not stay hidden behind your brokenness today. Brokenness brings you to your breakthrough. And not just your breakthrough, but who else can you help? Who else can you witness to? Who else can you declare the goodness of God to today? When I was a young girl, I used to spend a lot of time with my grandparents. And I was able to enjoy a relationship with my grandma on my dad's side. And then I had my grandfather on my mom's side. And so I would spend the night a lot at my grandma's house. And I loved it so much. And this might sound crazy, but uh, we had the best times. Like my grandma did not have air conditioning. 
And I can remember the memories with the windows up as we laid on the bed and we would just talk and we would just have the best time. You know, of course, hot as I don't know what, fanning, but it was just wonderful memories with my grandma and staying at her house often. I would get off the bus there, and let me just apologize to you if your life was not as great as mine, because when I got off the bus, my grandma would have pancakes done for me, I'm just saying, and it was so good. Like, she was the bomb. I loved her. And living in her home, of course, was her, but there was also my uncle that lived there as well for a period of time. And my uncle was a long-distance truck driver, and... Unfortunately, he was also an alcoholic. And my uncle would mix alcohol and medications, and when that would happen, it just was not good at all. And so the memories that I have of my uncle in coming to my grandma's house, uh, he would show up during the day at any time, of course, in any hour of the night, because as I said, he was a long-distance truck driver, and so he had that type of schedule. And when he would come to her house, he was always very mean. Most of the time, he was drunk, and he had taken medication, and he was very mean. He would yell, he would slam doors, and he would not treat my grandma nice at all, to say the least. And one thing grandma would always tell me was she would say, now, Lisa, now remember, I'm just a little girl. You're going to want to be very quiet because the one thing we don't want to do is wake him up once he went to sleep. And more than one time, a lot of times, he would be angry and mean for no reason. And even in the middle of the night, the middle of the day, I remember my grandma would take me close to her and she would put me in her big blue car and we would leave the house because honestly, grandma was afraid of him. She was afraid of what might happen. And then at one point years later, my uncle got a house of his own and he moved out of the house and he was asleep one night and someone invaded his house and killed him. And um, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't really know all the details. It was years ago, uh, and I was very young, but I'm pretty sure just knowing the story, there was probably some dirty dealings and things maybe that it just resulted in him being killed. But here's the thing about my uncle's life. You know, I didn't have a real family relationship with him, but even as a small girl, I was able to see the fruit of his life and what that fruit looked like. And obviously, just from the story I'm telling you, you can see that my uncle had some brokenness in his life. And I don't know what that pain came from. I, I don't know what made him turn to be such an alcoholic or such an angry person, but he had some brokenness. But you know what? The sad part really is not that he had some brokenness because whether you're saved or whether you need to give your heart to the Lord today, wherever you are in your journey, you're going to have some brokenness. But the sad part is that he never gave that brokenness to Jesus. He never gave that brokenness to Jesus. He never laid all of his broken pieces in the hands of a perfect God. 
to be made whole. And this week, as I was also at Gateway Church, and I was standing in this large group of people, all dressed in neutral but me, but that's not the point. Uh, they began to sing a song, and it was titled, A Million Times. And it stood out to me because it says, all I have is just one life. I'll lay it down a million times. All I have is just one life. For you deserve it, God. You are worth it. No cost too great a sacrifice, just like you did, Jesus. I'll lay down my life. I'll lay it down a million times. For you deserve it, my God. You're worth it. Today, you have just one life. You don't get two lives. You don't get three lives, four lives, but you get just one life. You may encounter brokenness, but you also can encounter a pretty amazing, powerful God. You may encounter brokenness, but today you can experience healing. You may encounter brokenness, but today the victory is there for you because you get just one life. And what are we gonna do with that life? What are we gonna do with the broken places in our lives? And I'm excited to tell you today that you don't have to do anything with it alone. Because the great news today is that we serve a powerful God, but we serve a triune God. We serve God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we love God the Father. He's our Father that loves us. And there are so many today that run to God the Father because they, they don't have a good relationship with their earthly father. And they long for a relationship with their father. And we love God the Father, God the Son, Jesus. He's so easy to love. He intercedes for you. He gave his life for you on the cross that you could be here today and not face death. That's who Jesus is. And he's easy to love. But let's not forget... God the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit I hate to say a lot of times is the one that we don't want around so much you know the Holy Spirit is the one that I see churches people and certainly the world shy away from why because the Holy Spirit is going to comfort you yes but the Holy Spirit is also going to correct you and the Holy Spirit is also the one that's going to call you to repentance the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to whisper in your ear our point number three today that says are you going to live in brokenness and take the glory for yourself or are you going to live whole and give the glory to God You see, God loves broken people. And God desires to do something through broken people. It says in John 10, 10, he says, I love you broken people, but I didn't come and give my life for you to live a broken life. Because it says in John 10, 10, that he came that we would have life more abundantly, an abundant life, a blessed life. And when you choose to be pitiful, then you enjoy the attention your brokenness can bring to you. But when you choose to live powerfully, you say, God, I'm giving you my whole life. All of it, every piece of it is yours. Use it all for your glory. I have but one life 
and I give it all to you, Lord. I want you to stand with me this morning. You know, as far as my uncle, as far as my uncle, I choose to believe because we serve a gracious God that in the moments of that home invasion that he had a moment to call on God and make it right. However, as a child of God, I recognize how that could have turned out much different. Had he accepted Jesus fully and allowed God to use his story for his glory, quite a different story it would have been. Because today I wouldn't just be telling you about my uncle who was an alcoholic who died in a home invasion and that I believe he had an opportunity to give his heart to the Lord. That's not what I would be telling you. Because if he was a man that at some point, and he knew, that had come and knelt at an altar and said, I'm broken, I have pain, and I have places inside of me. But God, I give you all of who I am. Do you know the story we would be hearing today? I would be telling you about a man that not only was he saved, but because he declared of his brokenness that he put in the hands of a whole God, we would be seeing other alcoholics come to Jesus. And we would be seeing other broken people run to Jesus because of his broken life. Because he had put it in the hands of a whole God. And I want to encourage you that when Jesus was broken, here's your example. When Jesus was broken, it's in that brokenness where the anointing, it's where the anointing flowed. When Jesus was broken, it's in that broken moment, that broken place where the victory came. And today, where you are broken, that's where the anointing is going to come in on your life. Where you are broken, that's where the victory is available today. And I share this today because I believe there is so much more that God wants to do through His people. What if we gave God all of our broken pieces today? What if we stopped focusing on the brokenness and focused on God and how He wants to flow through your brokenness to bring others closer to Him? I can't promise today that you won't have brokenness. And I can't promise that you won't experience brokenness in the weeks ahead. But here's what I can tell you today. If you'll allow God in this space today to minister to you, here's what's going to happen. Isaiah 61.3. Let's just lift our hands all over this place and receive this verse. Isaiah 61.3. The Lord says that He's going to give beauty for ashes. He's going to give beauty for ashes. The Lord says that the oil of joy is flowing in this place for the morning. God says that He's going to give some people the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And it says that we might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And the end of that verse, as we lift our hands and receive this, it doesn't say that you're going to be glorified. It says that our God is going to receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. So I we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.